0: friend welcome back to a brand new episode of the wife like me podcast I'm your friend Amanda Davison if we haven't met yet I'm sitting here with my hair up in a messy bun sweats on drinking my warmed-up coffee and uh, I imagine that you're probably doing something like that maybe you have kids running around around you maybe you're at the job or over lunch I don't know doing laundry whatever I feel like we're friends so I'm just giving you a great big hug right now uh, today, we are having a special guest with us. She is part of our podcast team. Her name is Lee Meenheist, and she is so cool. She's going to be talking about how we can create a family culture that is set apart. And we asked her to speak into this because each of the guest speakers that we have on our podcast team have a particular niche. They have a particular heart and passion that they tackle. And for Lee. She's an author and a passionate Bible teacher. She's also the communications specialist for Moms in Prayer International, which obviously you probably know it as Mops International. And she's the host of the Moms in Prayer podcast and the co-host of the Martha and Mary Show. And Lee has two books, Countercultural Parenting and Brave Mom, Brave Kids. So you can find her and her resources all at leighmeanheis.com. We will link that in the show notes. And we're just super excited to have her on with us, talking to us about creating a family that is set apart. Here's the reason why we have her talking about this all month long in the A Wife Like Me Collective. We're diving deep into the theme this month, which is set apart. What does it mean? as believers to be set apart in this world for his kingdom. So super excited to have you on Lee to to tackle this topic with us in our own homes and and within our families. How do we do this? So let's listen in. Uh, Welcome Lee to the Wife Like Me podcast and I'll share a bit of my thoughts at the end.
1: I was sitting with a friend talking over coffee recently, and I love laughing till my sides ache and having coffee with friends talking about things that matter. And it came up, what kind of woman I want to be in this next stage of life? As my kids are all teenagers, what kind of mom, wife, employee do I want to be? And You know, images came to mind, and I realized that those images were attached to people, things, puzzle pieces from women that I know that I think are incredible. One woman that I love so much and who has walked closely beside me, her name is Marley. And when I'm with Marley, I feel so seen and valued and loved that it's often like I've spent time with Jesus. I leave her presence loving Jesus more. And I realized I want that part of Marley in the culture of who I am. And that's what we're going to talk about for a few minutes today, is how do we create a family culture, whether your family is you and your husband and you're creating that culture, or whether it's you have kids together, or maybe you're a blended family, whatever that is, how do we create a family culture that's set apart, that loves and honors and glorifies Jesus, that also honors the members of our family? When we're growing up, we don't realize that there's a culture in our family. As a matter of fact, the world just kind of centers around us, and we grow up in this place, in this environment, and we have no idea the ramifications that it's going to have on the long term, for better or worse. We don't have anything really to compare it to because it's just us. And, And maybe you have a moment where you woke up and realized that your family wasn't exactly like everybody else's. For me, it was when I was in fifth grade and I started spending the night at my best friend Jenny's home. Now, in my home, I had two parents who at that time were still married, and my mom worked hard. She was very successful in her job. My dad was successful in his job. And so we had largely grown up with after school care and the weekends were for getting housework done. But when I spent the night at Jenny's house, Jenny's mom was a stay at home mom and she would make us pancakes in the morning and she sat for a long time and talked to us. And I just loved being at Jenny's house. It didn't mean I didn't love being at mine. It was just that their family culture was so different. They were so into each other and they enjoyed each other so much in a way that I don't know that I was experiencing at home. One of my close friends, Gina, grew up in a Christian home. Her family was super loving and kind to each other. You know, normal, though. And she remembers coming home from a friend's house and, and using like mean and biting and sarcastic words and her mom looking at her and said, we don't talk like that in our family. Maybe you had a moment like that. But all of us at some point, whether that's in high school, we wake up and we decide that our family is different than others. And we begin to look at the puzzle pieces around us and somehow begin to start picking at pieces of what we want to build in the future. For me, this really happened in college. It was the first time that I was around a bunch of other Christians who were living away or who had been exposed to a way of living that I wanted so desperately. But really, the moment where it all came to a head, and I am sure you have experienced the same thing, is when I got married. There is nothing like sparks flying when the culture that you were raised in hits the culture that he was raised in. And maybe for you, that was at Christmas, because all of us, all of our families celebrate Christmas differently from each other. Or maybe it was your birthday. And in my family, birthdays were a big deal. We would like really celebrate that person and gifts galore. And you got to go to your favorite restaurant. But for my husband, Mike, he got a box of cereal and a two liter of pop and maybe one small present like a tape or a pair of gloves that he needed or something like that. It just wasn't a big deal. So as you can imagine, as we were blending our families together, boy, he did not value my birthday the way I valued my birthday. And then we realized that all of a sudden we had this option, which culture were we going to adopt? And really, it's become a blending of the two. I needed to dial back the one that I was raised in, and he needed to push forward and do something different. You know, that can be true with chores that you do around the home. Like if you grew up in a home where your dad pitched in a lot, then you don't see your husband doing the same thing. That just can bring a lot of angst. But as I think about building intentionally a culture The word that really comes to mind is the one I just used, and that's intentionality. What if we intentionally purpose to build a culture that honored Christ as Lord, and it was set apart from the culture that we're around? What would that look like? Just that word set apart means that it's not going to blend in with the world that we're in. And, And so really what we're looking for is to build an impression on the people that are in our home and in our family that lasts for a long time, that is good, honoring, biblical, and I would dare say godly. There's a way that we build intentionality and leave an impression on our kids and our husband. I figure there's two ways that you can leave an impression. Okay, so imagine with me that right now that I handed you a quarter and I said, I want to leave this impression of this president in your hand, okay? So there's two ways that I can do that. One would be blunt force, right? I could hit you so hard in the hand that that image of that president in your hand would be there for a long time but that would be traumatic right that's one way to leave an impression or there's a second way to do that and that would be for me to hold your hand for a long time and for us to put slow pressure on your hand if we were to even do that for an hour if i were just to sit and hold your hand for an hour forgo the awkwardness of all of that hold that quarter in your hand then an hour from now Because of the slow pressure over a long time, that image of that president would be there on your hand when we got done talking. And I really think that that slow pressure over time is the pressure that God was talking about when he gave us instructions for how to build a godly home, how to help faith flow downhill in our families. So maybe this is a familiar passage, but let's look at it in building a family culture. Deuteronomy 6 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Impress, there's that word again. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Now, Lasting influence means that we will build a family attitude or culture in our family, one that our kids, our husbands will simmer in to produce an outcome we want, God says, you know how you do that? You let that simmer in your heart first. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. It all starts inside of you. And then talk about it. Talk, talk, talk at all times. Let that love of God flow into every area of your life. That's how we make an impression on our kids. I desperately wanted something different than what I was raised in. And it wasn't until later, and after observing homes that had bits and pieces of what I wanted or desired, did I even begin thinking about the family culture that I wanted to produce. I want a home laced with relationships of people who really truly love each other. I want it to be godly, where we value what God says most. I want it to be warm, where people like to be together, and I wanted it to be fun. And these things were so important to me, and I'm so glad that someone pushed on me to begin to find those words. You know, there are four keys to influence. I've done a lot of study on this, but this is what I think at the end of it, it really is. Those four keys are relationship or the investment of people in each other. The second one is investment. Like we're going to invest our time, energy, resources leads to the next one. Time we have to spend time together. And four is that we need each other's wisdom and experiences. So those are the four keys to influence relationship, investment, time, and wisdom and experience. And you know how those dance together, relationship, investment, time, wisdom, which one of those comes quickly okay, it's a trick question, isn't it? None of those come quickly. They all require intentionality. And that's why I'm so glad I'm talking to you today, to the wife, because friend, this can start with you. But this is going to be a lot of work, isn't it? I mean, to really begin to make that broth, that stew, that thing that you want to simmer your family in. Why would we do this? Well, the first reason is because you, hun, are a steward of anything that God gives you. And you want to steward this family, your husband, your children well. And the second reason is because our focus is on eternity. Our focus is on that moment when we go to be with Jesus or they, they go to be with Jesus and we're not living set apart just because we want to live counterculturally. That's actually the name of a book I just released, Counterculturally. And the question that I always get asked is, why do we want to live counterculturally? Is it just to be difficult? And I'm saying, no, heavens no. I like to get along with people. I'm a go with the flow kind of girl. But really the reason why we would do the work of building something different, something that's set apart is because we have a different goal in mind. And Our goal is godliness for our family. It's a totally different path than the one that the world will naturally lead us in if we don't fight. So here, I want to get real practical here in the last couple of minutes that we have together. What kind of family culture do you want to build? I find the most practical way to start is to begin looking at your family of origin. What did your family of origin really value? How about your husband's? Focus with me on the good and try to be positive and reframe the bad. I wish I had time to dial in here, but let's aim to honor our parents and our husbands' parents in as many ways as we can. You know what? This has been so fun for me as an adult to look back and go, you know what? Some of those things that I value so much, hard work and fun, those came from my parents. And it wasn't a perfect environment, but it could be good. It had moments where it was so, so Good. So, how about you? What is uniquely going to be you as a couple or as a family? For us, to be a mean heist means to be a good friend. Mike and I did that five years before we ever had kids. We realized that we wanted to be really good friends with people, really, really thoughtful and intentional. We wanted to build that proverbial family, friends like family. And we we uniquely have a global mindset. We love the news. We love thinking about global missions. We love to think about the world through different lenses. So that's led us to travel as a couple. It's led us to serve on the mission field. And so that's been so fun to go. You know what? What do we want to bring as we build this stew or this soup as as a couple together? But if you have kids, you have the opportunity, especially as they get older, to bring them into this conversation with you. Our nephew, Max, just got a job at a local grocery store during the middle of the pandemic. And he walked in and, and introduced himself to the store manager. And the store manager said, what's your name? And he said, my name is Max Neenheis. And he said, oh, you're a Neenheis. And he gave him the job right away. So Max was sitting at our kitchen table telling us about this experience. And Mike and I both looked at him. And in all seriousness and, and deadpan, both of us said, don't you dare mess that up. Because it's been legacy of our family, generation after generation, that Neen are are full of integrity. They're hard workers. You can count on them. And we said, it only takes one person to wreck that. He looked at us and he started laughing. He said, my parents said the same thing. And you know what? That's so fun. We looked across the table at our kids and that started a conversation. What does it mean to be a Nienheis? What do we want to have be our family's culture? And you know what? We realized that there were some non-negotiables for us, stuff that Mike and I really had to dial in on first. And the first thing that we decided was non-negotiable is that Mike and I gave our family a verse. And that's Joshua twenty four fifteen. It says, basically, choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a non-negotiable. So to be a mean heist, Mike and I said, means that we worship God and his son, Jesus. It was so fun because we realized like some of the things that Mike and I bring to the equation, some of the things that being of my family and Mike's family are there, like hard work. And, and, being for each other those were on the list but as we brought our kids into this discussion about what does it mean to be a mean heist, such rich conversation has transpired of course there were fun stuff like it means that we're gonna laugh it means that we're gonna have fun it means that we eat ice cream and i have let those stay on the definition that we have kept all this time now but it also means that our kids helped us discover that to be a Neen mean means that you have integrity And as I asked my kids what that meant, it it meant that we tell the truth and we do the right thing when no one is watching. It also led to some good conversation about friendships. We said that we want to be good friends, but our kids helped us understand that our closest alliances are going to be with followers of Jesus. And that decision has helped my three teenagers at home decide who are going to be their really best friends. It was fun to hear them say that we are going to be for each other and that we're going to be courageous. My 10-year-old brought that to the table. We want to be courageous in our speech and in sharing our faith. You know, our families are going to be defined by what we're known for, by what we do here in the middle of our homes. I can't think of any better time to do this than right now. When our, fa- when our families are still largely together. But all of this, friends, takes effort. What does it mean to you to be a Garcia or a Mabuni or a Chen or a William or a Brown? Here's what I know for sure. Intentionality leads to a set-apart family. Where do you want to drift towards today? I pray with all my heart that it's drifting towards godliness. I would love to hear what you come up with, what it means to be you and your husband and your family. For us, it's what does it mean to be a Nienheis? How about you, friend? What does it mean to be uniquely you living this set-apart life, and how can we build that into the culture of our homes? Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for my friend on the other side of these earphones. And I thank you, God, that you want a culture of value for her home too, one of godliness. And so I pray, Lord, as she sets her mind and her heart to these things, that she would overflow with ideas of what her family could be for the glory of Jesus. Help her honor her, pen this with her, give her husband and her kids good ideas. And Father, I pray at the end you would be so glorified by by this great big family of a wife like me, listeners, dedicating ourselves to building cultures in our home that are set apart for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh,
0: Lee, thank you so much for that. I feel excited. I hope that you listening feel excited as well because it makes us really think about Again, the patterns that we've had. Because, like Lee said, we don't even realize we've created a certain culture in our home, in our family, in our marriage. And, you know, what is the culture that years from now we want our kids to look back on? Or even if your kids are older or you don't have kids, you're creating a culture within your home. Like down the road, what do we want? People, ourselves, others to look back and say and feel about the culture of our family. So important. And Lee, I just thank you for speaking into us. Please, again, check out Lee, all of her resources, her two books, her podcast. Everything is on her website, leenienheiss.com. I am linking her in the show notes so you can easily find her. But you're a gift, Lee. Thank you so much for speaking into us boldly in a culture that has so much distraction and disruption in lies. So thank you. Ladies, if you want a tool to help you create a family and marriage culture that reflects God, we have a download for everyone over in the Wife Like Me Collective. It's a marriage and family review, and it's really a way for you and your husband to sit down. You can do this over a date night. You can do this over a weekend. You can do it as a family. But it helps outline specifically what the core values you want to have in your home and in your family and how specifically you will create that. It helps you walk through that. It is so awesome. So everyone in the collective has that and has access to it as they need it. Again, you can join the collective at collective.awifelikeme.com we are waiting for you. Ladies, thank you so much for being with us today. We cannot wait to be with you next week already because this is so fun. But we love you. We are cheering you on. And I just pray over every wife listening right now, Father, every woman listening that she would just feel your presence that she would know that she is set apart for your kingdom, that you have purposed her, and you have given her everything she needs to do your work. And Father, that she cannot do it on her own strength, that you, alive inside of her, give her everything that she needs, everything that she needs to trust you, to rely on you, to surrender to you, and that you in her will do the work. So thank you, Father, for your presence in our lives today. Amen. Ladies, we'll see you back here next week. Until then, have a great week.